let's get ready for some serious shift. This is a podcast, Shifting Inside Out, hosted by your quantum shifter, Angie McCourt. We are diving into ways to empower and enable a quantum shift. Inspiring topics, hacks, and guest speakers take us on a journey around authenticity, challenging status quo, personal power, and living a purpose-filled life. So today we have a fantastic episode with Brittany Wallace, and what we're going to talk about is how her gift of influence through passionate belief, including stepping outside of the traditional way of looking at business and solutions, has really helped her make some phenomenal monumental changes in the world. And it's really interesting because She has been a CEO for two years. She was a semi-finalist on Shark Tank. She has a master's degree and just recently made a significant career change into the world of project management. So I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this episode as you listen. You can find me on LinkedIn at Angie Belts McCourt, on Instagram at Angie underscore McCourt, or on Twitter at McCourt Angie. So without further ado, let's hear from Brittany. Welcome to Shifting Inside Out. I'm so grateful to have you on this episode. To get started, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, Angie. Thank you so much for having me. Um, To everyone who's listening, I am Brittany Wallace. Um, I am also Angie's former mentee um, from our our tech data days. Um, I am a wife, a mother of two fur babies who I love dearly. I have two dachshunds. Um, I'm also pregnant with baby number one. So (laughs) there will be a a baby on the way in 2022. Um, I am a project manager at Microsoft. Um, I am a proud alumni of Florida State University. Um, If we have any NFL fans out here, I went to school with Jameis Winston and um, Dalvin Cook and Devontae Freeman. I think they're all on the Vikings, the Falcons, and the Saints. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) I'm also a proud alumni of the University of South Florida, where I earned my master's degree. Um, And I was also a women in leadership and philanthropy scholar. Um, Some of my hobbies include biking and dancing. Um, I've done ballet, jazz, tap, and my favorite was swing dance. Um, And I'm very passionate about um, health, so eating healthy, working out. Um, So that's me in a nutshell. Um, Angie, again, I'm very excited to be here, and thank you for having me. Oh, that's so awesome. And congratulations on baby number one. Thank you. (laughs) So let's do a quick round of questions. That was a lot of really good information, but I want the audience just to get to know you um, in a little bit of a different way as well. So Mm -hmm. what is your morning ritual or routine? Okay, so this is going to be very loaded. (laughs) Um, (laughs) My morning ritual is very long. So first and foremost, I wake up, I thank God for another day of life. Um, Life is very important to me, so I'm always very grateful, and I always give thanks. Um, After that, I do a deep 10-minute stretch. Um, Angie, I have to go in my closet because my dogs will follow me and attack me with kisses, so I have to (laughs) lock them out (laughs) so I can stretch peacefully. Um, And when I feel like it, I'll go work out. Um, 
And when, after I'm done working out, of course, I'll take the pups out for a walk and then I'll give my required belly rubs because I can't do anything without the belly rubs. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I'll cook breakfast, um, feed the dogs, then I'll get to work. So that's me every morning. But on Saturday and Sunday, I sleep in. I don't work out on Saturday and Sunday, um, <laughs> but everything else is the same. So, yeah. Very good. Yes, belly rubs. My um, my female kitty cat loves belly rubs. And I sing a song and she literally will walk over <laughs> and she will plop down and roll uh-huh. over on her back so that I can rub her belly. It's hilarious. Yes, yes. And, and <laughs> belly rubs not, are important. Yeah. And it's not just the morning. They make me do it at night. And so, yeah, that's my job. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, how do you renew your energy? Uh, let's see. I renew my energy by following the sun. I love being outdoors. The sun is my friend. It energizes me. It gives me my vitamins. Um, I'll go sunbathe in the backyard with my dogs. Um, I'll go for a bike ride with my husband. And if I'm feeling like, hey, I really want to renew my energy, um, I'll make a cocktail. I have some fun um, recipes on Pinterest, make a cocktail. I'll go sit by the pool and relax. (laughs) So as long as I am outdoors, I am fine. I am happy. Very good. Yes, I love that. Uh, What is your guilty pleasure? (sighs) Okay, so I told you that I'm very passionate about health. Um, I eat healthy, of course, being pregnant, you have to eat your vitamins, your fruits, your proteins, but sometimes I crave pizza. Angie, I love pizza and not just any pizza. It has to be New York style pizza. Um, and if there's anyone listening in the Tampa Bay area, there's a place called New York, New York pizza. You can find it in Ebor, Riverview, um, Wesley Chapel, all over Tampa. They have a pizza called Grandma's Pizza. Very simple. It's marinara, mozzarella, and basil, but it will change your life. It is everything. (laughs) (laughs) Angie, I've been to New York many times, had their pizza, but this pizza is amazing. So yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. A slice of grandma's pizza from New York, New York. Love it. And I love the (laughs) recommendation for folks too, because when we we find these little secrets, it's so nice (laughs) to be able to share them. (laughs) Yes, yes. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining. Um, I'm really, really excited about this episode. And, you know, one of the things that has always impressed me about you is you have quite a few gifts, I will say. Um, And a couple of the gifts I actually modeled in my book. So um, off of you. So um, you as a messenger, um, you have this ability to kind of see big picture, listen, take in the others, you know, kind of why is this this way? Why can't we do things a different way? And really seeing opportunity to share um, a new voice, a new way, uh, something new from a solution perspective. And and I'd love for us to get into that. The other part that, um, and the other gift and archetype that I find you hold so truly is as an influencer. And so what I would love for you to share as we go through this podcast is, you know, how do you influence through your passionate belief, but then, you know, also influencing by stepping out of some of the traditional ways of looking at solutions, of looking at business, of looking at life, Mm -hmm. and then challenging status quo not in a bull in a china shop way, but you're really good at it in a very subtle yet effective way. And I feel like you have so much to share 
that others can really learn from. So I'm excited about this conversation. And I would love for you to maybe start with your journey. You know, what has your journey been like? And and give us some of the real stuff about Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Angie, I will get very real with you. Um, my journey has been um, a roller coaster. You have your downs, you have your ups. Um, but yeah, so just to start, um, once I graduated from graduate school, um, I became an entrepreneur. So I started a company. Um, I was the CEO for two years. Um, I worked with manufacturers in China. I had interns here at the University of South Florida. I was doing my thing. Um, I was even a semi-finalist on Shark Tank with my business idea. Um, but as we know, um, 50% of businesses fail. Um, and with that one, I wasn't making all the money that I wanted to make. Um, also, while being an entrepreneur, because there wasn't any cash flow, um, I worked a part-time job. Actually, I worked three part-time jobs. Um, it was very humbling having a master's degree in a business and making minimum wage. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, can you imagine? Um, but if you're passionate about something, you do whatever it takes. Um, but, of course, um, there was a certain lifestyle that I wanted. And um, at the time, living minimum wage, I couldn't afford a living in Tampa. So I said, you know what? I have to put entrepreneurship on hold for now, um, not forever, just you know, just for now and get back into the into the workforce. Uh, so I did a little <laughs> a little management on the side um, at a company that I will not name because at this company, Angie, to be frank, um, I received I was emotionally and verbally abused at this company. Mm. Um, it was very hard for me, but I, I dealt with it because um, I was earning a paycheck so that I can support myself and my fiance at the time. Um, but there comes a point in life where you realize, hey, enough is enough. I won't take this. Um, I'm going to find another opportunity. Uh, so I went to a career fair and, um, the very last company that I saw was tech data. Um, and I had my resume and I said, well, technology, um, I don't have a degree in tech. I can't go into IT. I have a marketing and entrepreneurship, you know, background. This wouldn't work. Um, so I spoke with a representative and he was like, no, it's not just IT here. There's everything. I'm sure you'll fit in. Um, here's my card. Give me a call. So <laughs> I, I took his word. I, I gave him a call, gave him my resume. Long story short, after a few interviews, I got into tech data. Uh, this was my dream company. I was so excited to be there. It was everything that I wanted. I was happy. I loved the culture. Um, it was a, a 180 from where I started. Um, so, yeah, that's my journey up to that point. Um, I was a product manager for about a year and a half. Um, then I decided, you know what? I love being a product manager, but who I really am is I, I'm really a project manager. So mm -hmm. I'm going to do whatever it takes to become a project manager. Um, the market shifted at Tech Data. Um, so I began to uh, look elsewhere, which is how I ended up at Microsoft. Uh, so I am here to stay. I, I was telling my husband the other day, hey, I'm going to retire here. <laughs> I'll be here for 30 years. Uh, but I also say the best late plans of mice and men um, often go awry. So we never know what the future holds. But as of, as of today, Angie, I'm very happy where I am. This is my journey. Um, I've been at the very bottom. Um, I've worked three 
you know, part-time job to survive. And now I'm, I'm full-time and I'm working remote and I'm very happy. So just whatever you go through in life, just stick it out. I promise there's light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, that's so awesome. And, you know, I think um, you you might say you'll be there 30 years, but it sounds like the entrepreneurial spirit in you is probably <laughs> going to poke at you to do something down the road. <laughs> but I'm not arguing against that. No. And, and, and honestly, you know, the hands-on experience in corporate environments is really amazing because the energy that is there. And, and I think David Ponraj put this good in one of the, the podcast interviews we had done on entrepreneurship is that it's a great learning ground. And it's also a very good um, environment to, you know, figure out how to influence, right? Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times there's so many things that are already in play. There's so many things that have already been created and and put into into the process, the program, the offering, the service or whatnot. And so then it's hard to kind of say, hey, I have a really great idea. How do I bring that in? And Mm -hmm. one of the things I saw you do at Tech Data as a product manager, and I was so impressed with this, and this is when we started working together as a mentor-mentee relationship, Mm -hmm. was you would share how many business plans you were working on or had already implemented Mm -hmm. with some smaller vendors engaging and partnering with larger vendors. You were breaking the mold. You were breaking the status quo of everybody has to do their own thing and Mm -hmm. the small vendors don't add value to the larger vendors. And I was so impressed with how you did this. So I would love for you to share a little bit about that with the audience because I just find it it's such a it's such a breath of fresh air Mm -hmm. and it's so needed and it is the beginning of more of that to come. And you were breaking the code. You were breaking through the cookie cutter approaches that have been in place for a long time. So share about that a little bit. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, it's, it's challenging the status quo. Um, I always look for better ways of doing things for my clients, my organizations, my peers, anything. That's just the way that I was, I was brought up. Um, so yeah, when I was working with my smaller vendors, I knew that my manager managed larger vendors. So, you know, you have a network of opportunity, you make mm-hmm. friends and I knew that, okay, I can, bridge my vendor with yours and we can expand and grow together. Um, so that's what I did. I focused on on the ultimate win. So there's a win-win, make everyone happy. That's who I am. That's what I'm about. Um, another example with one of my smaller vendors, um, again, I won't say any names. One of my clients, they requested a PO or a purchase order for a million dollars for laptops. This was in 2020, around the month of March or April, as soon as COVID hit. Um, historically, they had only done about 30,000 average per month um, with laptops. And I think over the course of two years, their largest PO was $200,000. Um, they came to me and they said, Brittany, hey, we want to do a $1 million PO. I said, what? Are you crazy? Why do you want to do a, a PO this large? We've never done this before. They said, I think there's an opportunity because our, our competitors are back ordered three to six months. It's education buying season. Everyone needs um, laptops. We have the supply. Demand is high. Let's do it. So I believed in them, and it was up to me as a product manager to uh, convince my peers, my um, you know, my leaders, my influencers. Uh, so when I came to them, they was like, "No way, Brittany. We're not doing it." Uh, so of course, I believe that. I never take no for an answer. I believe that no (laughs) is a slow yes. So (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) You can tell me no, but I'm going to find a way to convince you 
to um, say yes. So I thought about it. I, I said, okay, why are they telling me no? They're telling me no because of the historical reasons why. Um, so I take the right now, not history, but right now, there is a, a big need for this. And if we do this PO, it could change the game for my vendor. They can get new clients, et cetera, et cetera. So I created a proposal or a business case. Um, we got the financials, um, everything that I needed, including an RMA. That was very important. Um, the saying is CYA, but I say CYB, cover your behind. <laughs> because <laughs> with the purchase order that high is very risky. Um, but we want to, you know, mitigate our risks. Um, so with that being said, I had our vendors sign an RMA that states that if we don't sell these laptops in the given period, by end of fiscal year, we will return them with full rights. Uh, so once I got that signed and I include that into my proposal, I had to present this to the purchasing team. And again, I was faced with diversity. However, um, I had buy-in from my manager, my director and the VP. Uh, so with the higher ups at the time agreeing with me, I won the case. Uh, so with that being said, with the power of influence and the passion that I had and the belief that I had in my vendors, I think it worked for us all. Now, to be frank, all the laptops didn't sell in the first month or the first week. It did take six months. However, it sold. Um, and had I not had done that, Angie, my vendor would have been out a million dollars. Um, so because of, of, of challenging the status quo and, and going with what I believe in and believing in the in the vendor and the opportunity, um, it was a win-win for everyone. So, yeah, I just say I'm, I'm very <laughs> passionate and fearless when it comes to things like that. And if I believe in something, I will give it my all. And that's that's what happened. That's awesome. And then as far as the influence you had on trying to get like a bigger vendor to partner with a smaller vendor, mm -hmm. um, I know without saying names, mm -hmm. um, like, how did you go about doing that? That is really breaking a lot of old ways yeah. of doing things. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I would say it, it's still the art of influence. You have to. So another background, I have a degree in psychology, <laughs> my undergrad. Ah. So I know how to um, persuade others. It's the art of influence. You have to mm -hmm. make it a win-win. So what's in it for me, which is something I also learned in change management. Um I think it's called a WIFM. Yeah. What's yes. in it for me? <laughs> so you have to make everyone see the win. How can they win? And once you put everyone on board and say, hey, you can win this way, you can win that way. Everyone agrees. Why wouldn't you agree to it? So the larger company had nothing to lose and the smaller company had everything to win. So mm -hmm. that's how I made that magic happen. Ah, that's yes. awesome. <laughs> and and without forcing it and without, you know, um, accepting no, like mm -hmm. you, you, you found the way, um, to get the conversation going, then to get mm -hmm. them to listen, then to get, you know, the, the, the partnership going. And, but I really feel like you were a component of that. You were a key piece to that back to, you know, your credible, um, your passion behind it showed that you would make sure it was successful. You would make sure it mm -hmm. was executed in the way that you had committed to. And I really feel like that's so important. And also a big reason why you found so much success of not just one of these mm -hmm. um, situations, but I know you had multiple of these going on. It was like, once you broke the code, you were like going after <laughs> yes. and, and impacting the business big, big mm -hmm. time. 
<laughs> I would say it was a part of my reputation. It's really who I am. Um, once I believe in something, I will give it my all. Um, I become truly vested and emotionally, you know, tied to things. Um, so yeah, I want to see everyone win. If, if you're my vendor, now I'm loyal to you. I'm going to make sure that you win. So whatever it takes. Mm, that's awesome. All right. So let's talk about another very big, um, I wouldn't call it project. I would say mm-hmm. it is culturally, socially game-changing mm-hmm. um, approach that you took. If you want to share the story about um, your journey around mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Day, that yes. would be awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a story that leads into that. Can I share, with, I share yes, that first? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Because before MLK, I had to start somewhere. <laughs> so absolutely. <laughs> um, as, as you know, I was in the, uh, a BRG, a business resource group for the African diaspora. Um, and like I said, I, I, I'm passionate about things. So um, passion to me is like having an internal flame. Um, but it's my flame. I'm on fire. I want to, I want to let everyone know, Hey, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. But instead of letting, me out or, or, or letting my fire go, I want to enlighten the flame in others. Um, so it's the power of, of influence and inspiration. Um, so when I was at Tech Data, um, I started in June. Um, and June, as we know, is Pride Month. Um, when I was walking through the campus, I saw the Pride flag. I said, wow, this is incredible. Uh, Tech Data is supporting you know, the LGBTQ community. Um, I had never seen anything like that before because, of course, I didn't come from any, you know, large companies. So I said, I wonder if they raised the Pan-African flag during Black History Month. Uh, so I, I posed the question and everyone was like, no, they don't do that. So, OK, well, why not? No one had an answer. So I said, OK, well, how about we, you know, initiate it? Um, surprisingly, <laughs> I was met with opposition. Um, I thought I would get support from the people within the BRG. But um, they were saying, no, it's too risky. I'm like, there's nothing risky about it, you know. (laughs) Wow. But Mm. that was the response. Mm -hmm. Um, So I said, okay, well, I'm going to speak to a representative from um, Spectrum, which was the BRG for the Pride community at Tech Data. Um, so I got in touch with them. We had a um, an interview, and I asked a lot of questions. And I was like, "Wow!" I was he was very supportive, and I really appreciated that. So I took that energy, that fire, that passion, um, and I went and spoke to the CHRO of the company, which is you know the Chief Human Resource Officer. Um, the leader right to the top of yes, (laughs) Yes. right to the top because I didn't have their support. And what I was Mm -hmm. asking for, I was asking for support, not permission. Um, and they were, of course, upset. But once she said, Yeah, Brian, that's a great idea, (laughs) then everyone was all on board. Uh, (laughs) so you know, sometimes it works that way. Um, but yes, the power of of influence, and again, had Mm -hmm. I not seen that in, in, in the month of pride, I would not have been influenced. So, um it was very inspirational for me and I'm glad that it was done before us and I'm glad that I was able to get it done. So long story short, um, the CHRO agreed. We raised the flag in 2020 at the headquarters in Clearwater. Um, and then in 2021, we raised it all over the Americas and Canada. So it went from one location to 14 locations. Um, so yeah, I, I was really happy about that. <laughs> um, yeah. 
it was the greatest moment in my career up to that point. Um, and then after that, um, the the situation with George Floyd it changed it changed the entire country. I would say the the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say there was a lot of emotion behind that. Um, and our BRG said, you know what, we need to do something for our community. Let's um, figure out a way that we can support the African diaspora and create like a, a holiday for all. So initially it was going to be Juneteenth, but we decided as a team it would be more effective if it's MLK because he supports you know peace and love, all those great values. Mm-hmm. Um, so interestingly, <laughs> I was appointed <laughs> as the leader of that proposal because of my of my um, my um, everything that I had done with the flag. Yeah, with uh, no fear. Yeah, no with fear. no fear. Just asking. <laughs> yes, yes. Like I said, I don't take no for an answer. So no is a slow yes. They told me no. Okay, well, I'll go to the chief. And if she tells me no, then okay, I'll try to convince her. But she didn't, I didn't need to do any any convincing. She said yes. Um, so the thing with MLK, Angie, um, everyone thought it would be a great idea if we implemented MLK Day as a paid holiday. Um, at the time, we were one of the only few IT companies who did not have MLK Day as a paid holiday. As we know, it is a federal holiday and you know everyone is pretty much closed. So why are we operating? Um, my main issue was that we had, I think we had one vacation day a year. I mean, one volunteer day a year. Um, and I will always use my volunteer day for MLK Day. Um, I want to support other, you know, nonprofits, but I felt restricted because I also wanted to participate in MLK, which is the beginning of the year. Um, so I said, let's do something about it. Um, so myself, Gavin Whitfield and Curtis Kelly, uh, we created a plan, a proposal. We did the financials. Uh, we worked with the um, a, a lot of business leaders within Tech Data all over the all over the nation, um, and it took us about three months to complete our proposal. But we presented to the C-suite team in September, and then November they said, "Hey, we're going to grant you this proposal starting fiscal year 21." Every colleague at Tech Data across the Americas will receive MLK Day as a paid holiday. And that was the most exciting news that I had heard. I was I was surprised. <laughs> I, I won't lie. I was very surprised that I was very happy. Uh, we celebrated. It was a wonderful achievement in my career. And I've only been in my, in my career maybe five years. I'm very young in my career, but it was very exciting and something that we did. Uh, we believed in ourselves. We had the facts. We met with all the right people. We had the support, the buy-in. Um, so yeah, that's that was that, and I was yeah, still excited. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know, I think too, you know, just in the process of building the proposal, you reached out, you included, you networked yes. with people who were stakeholders, influencers as mm-hmm. well, right? And um, and got the you know the on board. See, here's the thing these types of, and this was a big deal, right? This was a really big deal. This was a big deal for you, for the people, but it was a big shift and change for a corporate environment of, you know, decades. Mm -hmm. And um, that is 
just the beginning. In my opinion, like, I feel like this, all you have to do, like you said, just ask, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, sometimes it's just ask if you're not Mm -hmm. sure why, you know, the company's doing a certain thing or why a manager's doing something, just ask, Mm -hmm. just ask if you can do something different. And I think that now is the time where we're going to really start to see more and more asking and or challenging in a, in a, not in a, a bad way, but in a good way, challenging status quo and challenging mm-hmm. the way things have always been in the norms. And things are going to be different because now things are starting to shift and change in the leadership minds, in the C-suite minds. Mm-hmm. They're realizing they've got to get in with the times and yes. that the people that they not only serve as customers, but also that they employ, that mm-hmm. they have on their teams are really important. They're important to the brand. They're important to the values of the company and to keep them engaged and happy and driving to the vision and the strategy of the company, they need to start listening to them. But the people need to start asking, (laughs) which which is what you ran into, I think, in in the first ask of why, you know, can somebody, would somebody be interested in joining me and going to get the Pan-African flag raised, you Mm -hmm. know, and nobody wanted to do it. It was because there's a fear Mm -hmm. of, making the ask and they were, they were not wanting to step out of the boundaries that had been previously set in their minds. Honestly, like I honestly feel like we're all up against this inner glass ceiling Mm -hmm. and the more we can, can crack through that, break through that by just asking, Mm -hmm. I think the more change we're going to see. So I applaud you so much. I think, you know, you're, you're a brave old soul and (laughs) the work you're doing already in your life, early in your career, um, is incredible. And a lot of people don't get there until they're in their 40s or 50s. <laughs> so <laughs> I encourage all early in careers, like you are, you do have a power, you do have influence, and that's mm-hmm. your power. And all you have to do is just ask. Yes. Don't take no for the answer. No is the slow yes. I love that. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes you have it. Yes. <laughs> so Brittany, like, in, in your mind, you know, as you are, you know, now um, in, in a new career, you have a baby on the way, like, what are some of your thoughts around what's important to you? Because obviously, as you have these, you know, um, I would say life event shifts happen, life phases, and life is everything. It's all inclusive. It's our home life. It's our work life. It's everything, right? What are, what are some of the things you, you anticipate that you're going to shift in, you know, mm. shifting from maybe how you used to do things to how you're going to do things in the future because of energy management, because of, um, you know, just um, really trying to um, evolve and learn because you're in that gr- you're totally in a growth container. <laughs> yes. like, you are you are following life lessons for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but what are some of your thoughts around maybe shifts that you've already seen you're taking what you expect coming into this new phase in your life? Like, what are what are what are you thinking? Where are you at with that? So do you mean uh, personally or professionally? Per- both. Okay, so there's, okay, this is going to be pretty <laughs> loaded. So um, I would say I, I'm definitely expecting a shift. I feel that I'm a part, I'm a part of the shift right now. Mm-hmm. Um, earlier, so five years ago, I was bright, wide-eyed. I wanted to do everything. Um, I wanted to conquer the world. <laughs> uh, but as I got into my career, I started 
to focus more, start to listen, um, and I start to engage more. Um, now, I find that in my professional career, I'm going with the flow. So I remember I spoke with you earlier that I was very controlling of my career. I wanted this by age 25, this by age 35, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but again, the best late plans often go awry. So you, I don't believe in planning 20 years out, 40 years out. I mean, you can plan it, but let's be real. Is it really going to happen? Maybe not. <laughs> so, I mean, because who I was 10 years ago, I said I was going to be in a certain area of my life and I'm not there. And that's okay. I'm, I'm happy with where I am. You know, I'm happy with where life takes you. Um, but yeah, so as far as, you know, my professional career, um, I find that I'm going to um, take things easy. Of course, I want to get into um, portfolio management, which is like another segment of project management and program management. Um, but yeah, I, I'm right now I'm in a space where I'm managing um, manufacturing and retail at Microsoft. Um, I'm working on a very big project right now and our projects here are like a year too long. Um, so I'm just gonna take my time, enjoy everything, learn um, and grow. Um, personally, um, now that I am a, a wife um, and a mom-to-be, I feel that I'm going to be more dedicated to my family. Um, five years ago, it was just about me, <laughs> my fiance and my dogs. Um, five years from now, it could be me and my five-year-old child and my husband. Uh, so yeah, it's going to change. And then of course, 20 years from now, our children will be out of the house. I'll be an empty nester and I'll get to travel more. So I'm just looking forward, you know, to every day of life and just, you know, going with the flow. I love that. And, you know, I, I love the shift that you've made. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to flashback to 12 months ago, mm -hmm. this month, last year, actually, I think you just celebrated your one year anniversary, right? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Sunday, yes. <laughs> so you were, you're like, Angie, I'm next month's really busy for me. I'm getting married. Mm -hmm. We're closing on our house. Yes. We are moving. Yes. And I'm finishing my PMP certification, which by the way, for <laughs> folks who don't know what that is in project management, if you're not in the project management world, it's a very difficult certification to gain. Mm -hmm. And she's like, has all of these, you know, life events really happening in the same few weeks, like within a few weeks of each other. So, you know, even a year ago, when I think about you know, you're, um, you were very like, just boom, 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 mm -hmm. you know, which in, in a lot of ways it's, it's goal attainment. It's, you know, it's taking action to get to the things that you desire in life and, and all of those really awesome things, but there is a bit of control on that. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that you just said, look, I'm, I'm shifting to go with the flow. Yes. I'm shifting to away from the control so much and going with the flow. And I love that because, I think we spend so much energy basically in a lot of cases up against resistance mm -hmm. because we think it was supposed to happen a certain way. And we're trying to make sure we control the outcome and that it happens that specific way. And in reality, shifting to that flow state really helps with um, one, like really being in tune and present mm -hmm. and two, not using so much wasted energy on trying to force something to happen. And three, you get out of resistance 
because the resistance is what's going to continue you down a path that you probably don't even want anymore, right? So <laughs> I love the fact that, you know, early in your career, you have are in, in life, you've already like recognized that this is a beautiful way to live. Mm-hmm. And I think what you've done is you've broken free from these expectations that a lot of people, it took me a very long time to get to get to that point. I think I was in my 40s when I finally realized this. But I want people to hear this, especially if you're earlier in career, because mm-hmm. when you when you are, you know, when you grow up, you're influenced by a lot of different things, intentionally, mm-hmm. unintentionally. You're kind of set with these expectations of self, think they in a some assumed expectations that you think others have of you. And I think we, you know, just like you said you know, five years out, 10 years out, you know, building these, these plans and goals. The interesting thing is the world is changing so fast right now. And Mm -hmm. we as humans are evolving so fast right now that any kind of goal that you put into place, even for a year now, it is going to shift and change so much. And so evolving goals are really where we're at (laughs) and your flow state fits really nicely with evolving goals. And mm-hmm. I think it just, it really comes down to stay with aligned with your values, stay aligned with your priorities, stay aligned with your desires and your wants um, at any given point as we go through this massive change mm-hmm. as a human race that we're going through. And I love that you figured that out already. You're a very wise soul. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. You message. Yes, you <laughs> yes. are. <laughs> Um, so as far as like any tips, any advice, um, anything that you can share on either influencing, being the messenger, you know, getting, shifting from a control state to a flow state, because that is a very difficult one to make. Mm -hmm. Um, it is a choice, but a lot of times we resist ourselves and, and either it's ego or it's those, you know, old limiting beliefs about way we're supposed to be and expectations. But do you have any advice for folks that are listening um, in any of these areas yeah. <laughs> or anything else? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say as far as the power of influence and being a messenger, just stay true to yourself. Um, we each have our own gifts. Um, I know as a messenger, um, you tend to be very, um, you know, open to new things, reflective of your feelings, intuitive, and an extrovert. Um, me personally, I really enjoy, it makes me so happy when I can help others. Um, again, I'm not a know-it-all, I'm not an expert, but what I do bring to the table, I want to help others. So if I can just lift you up in any way, it makes me happy. I have so many people who reach out to me on LinkedIn asking for advice about um, being early in their career and going into project management. I've had so many one-on-ones. I complete a letter of recommendation. I help them find new jobs. I'm just, I don't know what it is. That's just me. That's what I enjoy. So find what makes you happy um, and go with it. Um, Speaking of being a project manager and influencing others, when I was at Tech Data, um, I just had passed my PMP and I had a few people email me about it. I said, you know what, I'm getting the same questions. How about I start a study group? Mm. <laughs> so I did it. It started with one person and then three, five, seven, and it grew from there. And every other week I would meet with everyone and we would go over the questions on the exam, what to expect, how to test for the exam, how to study. 
Um, and I did it because, again, it made me happy to help others. So just finding what makes you you, finding what makes you happy, I would say that's the best advice that I can give. Don't try to be like anyone else. Um, find your true talents and take a personality test. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> you know, uh, I've taken so many and they all say that, you know, I, I like being around people. I like helping others. Um, in so many words, like I can be a messenger. One said that I was a, a protagonist. So, um, you know, just figure out who you are. Once you figure out who you are, find what you're passionate about and go from there. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. I love it. So good. So do you have any call outs um, that you'd like to share? Um, you, you already had a, a couple in there. Um, you definitely had the New York pizza yes. <laughs> at the beginning, right? So yes. that's awesome. I love that. Um, do you have any call outs, you know, companies, nonprofits, organizations, products, books, um, anything like that, that you would like to offer um, recommendations yes. for? So yes, I, I recommended New York, New York pizza. I spoke about, um, women in leadership and philanthropy at the university of South Florida. Uh, one more call out I want to do is a nonprofit. It's called Feeding America. Um, you're able to support families year round, not just the holidays, but mm -hmm. support families year round, um, provide them with food, um, especially for those affected by the tornado um, in the Midwest. If you can help out in any way, where it's donating to a food bank um, or volunteering at a food bank, anything would be very helpful. Um, so, yeah, again, Feeding America for anyone who's interested. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Um, that is the second uh, recommendation and, and call out that we've had for Feeding America. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, great. Uh -huh. Yes, yes. I love yep. it. And I love, I, I support Feeding Tampa Bay because it's our yes. local chapter. So uh -huh. I've been supporting them for probably about a year and a half or two now. Nice. And um, and you're right. It's, it's a great organization. Mm -hmm. The monies go to the people who need it. Mm -hmm. And it is for food, you yes. know, which is like a dire need mm -hmm. for people to survive. So exactly. um, it is definitely a very great cause. So thank oh. you so much for, for calling that out. <laughs> thank you, Angie. And I really, really am so happy that you joined us today. It's awesome. I know that you're busy. Um, and I want to say thank you. It was definitely very great to hear your story. And I think you had some great wisdom shares for everyone. Serial yeah. wise soul. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, this was so much fun. I am so happy that you had me on the show. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. And once again, you were such a great mentor. Um, let's keep in touch throughout the yes. years. Yes, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. I, I want baby pictures. Yeah. I want to hear how things are going with your new role because I'm so excited that you decided to go down your path as project yes. management and you were so mm -hmm. adamant. I remember our conversation. Yes. Like, Is this really what you want to do? And you're like, yes. yes. <laughs> and I'm like, but you're so good at these yes. other things. You're like, but I can take I that and include it into this. Yes. You know? yep. And you were so adamant. And I'm so mm -hmm. proud of you for Thank sticking you. to what you believed and what you wanted to do. You mm -hmm. went out and you got the skills and the and you tied in all of your skills, abilities, and capacities into this role and into going after the job that you wanted. And I just mm -hmm. love it. I think it's fantastic. Thank I you. still do see you starting your own business again. Though. Yes, I will one day, Angie. <laughs> yep. One day. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Brittany. Appreciate it. Thank you, it. Angie. Have a good one. You too. <laughs>